The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello, everyone. Welcome the Rough House Podcast coming at you nearly at two hundred of this of this incarnation of the show, Chris. Oh yeah, pretty wild. Man, you know, I I did some math on that, and I think I'm pushing six hundred or so episodes combined between the three iterations of the Rough House Podcast. Wow, which that, is insane. That 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 is crazy. Uh, I, and be- believe me, when I'm sitting here thinking I've done a hundred plus, that's also. Uh, fucking wild. Uh, I, I'm Marty, by the, Patreon, way. by the way. Yes, that yeah. did not count Patreon, which yeah. adds an extra every week. So easily yeah. roughly 104 episodes a year. Yeah. So it's, uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's fun. There's yes. You know, uh, it's a good distraction from the horrors of the rest of the world. Horror, horrors, horror. I always have Harris, Harris or horrors, horrors, horrors. Now, like, I will say uh, here's horrors. Here, Here's a, a a fun Marty Day fact of the day. Um, I the day fact of the day. We got to implement that going forward yep, here. There you go, Marty Day fact of the day. Um, I had to undergo speech therapy as a kid. Really? Yes, uh, I had trouble saying R's and uh, THs. The old yeah. huh. huh? Interesting. Yeah. Um, I the... never I never would have picked up on that. Your uh, speech therapist did a hell of a job. Yeah. No. Uh, credit to her. Uh, uh, Mrs. Cobus, I believe, was her name, from what I recall. But uh, Sorry, yeah, is, what is it? COVID. It, co- Mrs. Cobus. Cobus. Is that where it all began? Uh, no, like no, that is, that, that is a wee tyke. <laughs> yep, it was. It was me. I did it. You're welcome, everybody. You, this is all your fault. No, no, but something is my fault. By the way, I'm Marty. That's Christoph. How are you doing? Yeah, um, uh, Chris, uh, I seem to be a a blundering prognosticator. I I seem to fall face first into predicting the future not in a good way i cannot sit here and say uh you know your mega million millions numbers or whatever because believe me if i could i would and no sports almanac in your back pocket there no no i'm not i'm not biffing it though i am a marty i am not biffing it um (laughs) when we were talking about the shift in new japan earlier this year we had Mm -hmm. evil winning the new japan cup yeah evil 
turning heel, although what would you expect from a guy named Evil, and sure. getting into a feud with Tetsuya Naito on mm-hmm. top for the double titles. I w- remember I was trying to explain to a non-New Japan fan how surprising this was. Right. And in doing so, I said the following analogy. It would be as if Roman Reigns was champion and out of the blue, Jay Uso was challenging him for the championship. <laughs> do you remember this, Chris? I do. I do. <laughs> sure as shit. Friday night on SmackDown, they had a match to determine who would be facing the new universal champion, a newly heel Roman Reigns mm-hmm. uh, at Clash of Champions for that universal championship. The match was originally to be between Matt Riddle, Baron Corbin, Sheamus, and Big E. Okay. Big it's a solid, e. uh, solid foursome or solid threesome in Baron Corbin. There. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and I'll be honest. Uh, I, I didn't really want to see a Baron Corbin uh, Roman Reigns match, nor another Roman Reigns Sheamus match. Uh, so, so, did they have a series of matches? Yes, in fact, Sheamus ruined uh, the first world title reign of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns won it at Survivor Series years ago when they did that tournament, and then uh, Sheamus cashed in immediately. It, it was the infamous oh. uh, Roman cries in confetti scene. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I forgot about that last Sheamus uh, world title run there. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, here's the the, the twist. Uh, Big E was attacked by Sheamus at the top of SmackDown on Friday. So Big E out of the match. So no Big E title it's shot. Terrible choice, but okay. Yep. And they replaced him with, of all people, Jey Uso. So was was Jimmy up for talks in this as well? or there was Jimmy like, no. was not on the show in any way, shape, or form. Was he? Hopefully, he wasn't driving anywhere. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even I, remember which one did that. I, no, I, I get what you're saying, and and it's equally as ridiculous. I, I think Jimmy has a knee injury. <laughs> a- anyway, okay. Jay right. Uso. There was there was no match he won to to get into this match. No, they just put him in. It was the the idea was uh, Reigns kind of mobbed it up, you know, looking out for the family. Okay, so he uh, he petitioned for his blood to get a uh, to get a shot at his own title because they're he's thinking they're gonna finger poke uh, some doom here. Is that uh, what I have I guess no the... idea. What I do know is one of your world title matches at Clash of Champions coming up on the twenty seventh of September is Roman Reigns defending against <laughs> Jey Uso. I'm very much looking forward to the coronation of new champion Jey Uso later this month. Again, let's run back the tape. What I said at the time was, if I had heard, out of context, the Jey Uso was crowned champion, I would have a weird need and want to know how exactly we got there and how exactly it turned out because it made no fucking sense on paper. Here I am, now on September 6, 2020, going, I kind of want to see what happens here. <laughs> Just because well, it is it is such a left field pick. Now, look, there are quite a few smackdowns between now and then. There's at least yeah. two, I think, maybe three. Uh, uh, probably three, yeah. Yeah. Things could change. That may mm-hmm. not be your universal title match by the time that the show airs on September 27th for any number of reasons. But I'm still thinking to myself, at least it's different. At least it's not the 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 same old five.
five, six, seven different people that we're used to. Yeah, I mean, they also did have a new influx of talent uh, come up since the last time Roman Reigns was champion. That's so there true. are some fresh matches there, like a riddle or something like that. Yeah, but um, there's a certain amount of intrigue uh, that comes along with a family uh, match for a title. You know, when it comes to the, the greatest prize in sports entertainment, uh, bloodlines are thrown out the window and everybody is every man for themselves and all these other cliches that are overused to hell. Um <laughs> So, sure, you know, I'm not going to fucking watch it, but people will, and I'm yeah. sure people will enjoy it. All I can say is it, it, it is one of those booking decisions that on paper is weird enough where I go, eh, let's see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, I, I did not expect to sideshow Bob myself into a future prediction, just stepping right on that rake. Oh, uh, prognosticator of prognosticators. Um, yes. So well done to you, my friend. Was uh, there any was there any explanation on SmackDown uh, from a Paul uh, C. Heyman or a Roman uh, Bocephus Reigns about why they are now currently aligned? Nope. Nope. Not a bit. Okay. Not a bit. Now, okay. now it has come out this week uh, in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter that the pitch to go heel came directly from Reigns. Okay. He he apparently petitioned Vince directly and said he wanted to go heel. It is not clear, however, who proposed the pairing of Reigns and Heyman beyond the fact that Paul Heyman, uh, who is currently doing literally nothing, Jack shit. <laughs> uh, has a very, very hefty contract because yeah. he's smart and got himself a big deal when he was tied into Brock Lesnar's deal. A man who, who is, is no longer under, under contract yes. as of this week. Yeah. Um, currently a free, I guess, the hottest free agent in sports entertainment. Yeah. I'm just going to do the whole show in cliches today, if that's okay with you. Um, Vintage Chris. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, uh, the deal, because Brock loves to sign him some short-term deals so that he can go and, uh, you know, play Vince and Dana White, or maybe in this case, Vince and Tony Khan against each other to try to get himself even more money. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock is no longer under contract anywhere. Uh, Tony Khan was asked about this, about possibly coming into AEW, and he gave the the standard, uh, I respect Brock Lesnar, nothing, uh, no comment at this time. So yeah, not yeah. an answer, answer. Honestly, the best answer Tony Khan could give. He's just like, you know what? He's a hell of a fighter and a hell of a performer. And that's yeah. all I can say about I that. I mean, he's not lying. No, no. He, he's, <laughs> so the record when, speaks for itself. When, when Brock Lesnar gives a shit, he's awesome. He, yeah. I, 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 I think he is one of the best big men in professional wrestling, uh, and he is a, a proven box office draw yep. in both legitimate and uh, faux fighting. And uh, <laughs> he he's incredible. He, he is truly a once-in-a-lifetime specimen, both physically and as, you know, this character, as this draw. So, you know, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for, tr- you know, playing that. I wouldn't blame... Uh, Tony Khan for funneling a number number out there if he wanted. Yeah. Um, I imagine that it's an albatross that they don't want around their neck financially. But, you know, I, I would not be shocked if at least a friendly conversation occurred. Uh, I don't really think Brock's going to be back in UFC, though. I mean, last time 
you know, he had a fight that was okay. He uh, got popped for pissing hot. Uh, he uh, got suspended. You know, all, all these different things occurred. And I don't think he actually played out the full suspension. I think he pulled himself out of the testing pool Correct. before yeah. it was complete. So I don't even know how much longer he has left. People more well-versed in MMA clearly know. But me, I just scroll past the MMA sections of The Observer yeah, uh, in, in the hopes to find something that I actually want to read. No, not the... Uh, obituary from the guy from the 70s no not another obituary from the guy from the 70s no not ufc report there we go they're going to talk about what's going on in cmll a company i never watch um (laughs) much more interesting than mma talk and when it comes to (laughs) mma it's not like you know pro wrestling where you can have the grandpa division like in new japan uh for a legit fighting thing you really it's just sad and dangerous to have People of a certain age, I don't want to sound ageist here, but, uh, you know, it's not a good idea to have old guys who can't fight, you shoot fight. Yeah, Ken <laughs> Shamrock is a prime example. I, I believe it's been Bellator uh, who kind of pulled him back into the game. I, I didn't expect, by the way, that we'd be talking so much about MMA at the top of the show. Um, but uh, when Ken Shamrock's been brought back and he's, God, he's got to be in his mid to late 50s now. Um, it, it's been embarrassing and, and and generally really pretty sad. Um, well, he's under contract with Impact right now, right? He is. He is, and uh, he's had moments of shine here and there. But um, yeah, looks great. Uh, like just looking at physically him. looks great in yeah. ring. Eh, but um, well, yeah, know, he was he's... never he was never setting the world on fire anyway. Um, but no, he just he led um <clears throat> lent credibility. To right. it. Him I mean Dan Severn came before. Um, right. And then and then Ken Shamrock and you know, multiple crossovers since. But uh but yeah, you know, at, at peak WWF Ken Shamrock was fucking dope. Yes. Now speaking about WWE contracts this week, uh there have been a few shifts and changes in WWE contracts. Uh some folks got let go, some folks yeah. got re-signed, some folks signed new deals, and a very, very contentious clause was added to existing deals this week. So in terms of the people on their way out, Mauro Ranallo, uh officially parted ways with WWE. Uh, this said to be a much more amiable uh, split between WWE and Mauro than his prior uh, yes. uh, departure from the company. That basically, uh, Mauro's 50 years old. His mother is not doing well medically, uh, and he wants to dedicate uh, more of his time, A, to her, but B, also to other projects outside of the wrestling realm. Yeah. Uh, And good for him, man. You know, I I like the fact that he's, you know, he kind of got to the point um, where his heart and his mind isn't in it all the time. So, you know, he wants to focus on things that are more important to him, family, mental health outreach are two really uh, important things for him. And, you know, for somebody of his stature in the sports and and wrestling sports entertainment world to be able to you know use his celebrity to to um foster a good cause i'm all for that obviously that you know uh area of of uh uh of outreach and um knowledge and and things of that nature uh, near and dear to me so uh wish him the best uh you know i'm not watching nxt anymore anyway so it's not uh you know I, I, no skin I'm off not, your teeth in, yeah, in, in that one. I just want the guy to be happy. 
Uh, also uh, cut from WWE this week, uh, the Methods of Mayhem themselves, Tonka and Razor, they're gone. Um, uh, you know, their WWE main roster run has been snakebitten. Uh, injuries yeah. abounded for these guys, which is a shame because, you know, coming out of NXT, it was like, oh, we got two big shit kickers. Yeah. And uh, you can't say that WWE, I mean, yes, you can point fingers at the first run of uh, of the AOP and, and uh, well, emphasis on the P, where uh, they got paired with Drake Maverick and Drake Maverick had to shoot piss his pants. That maybe wasn't the um, the best showcase of them. Uh, no, but no. In, Especially since they had Paul Ellering in fucking NXT yes. with them. Uh, but in more recent memory, where they were paired up with uh, the the Seth Rollins faction, uh, which I don't think ever got an official name, but uh, of Rollins, Murphy, and, and the two of them, you know, they were main eventing Raw on a pretty mm-hmm. consistent basis. There, you know, uh, going toe to toe with guys like Owens and uh, Samoa Joe and and what have you. So they definitely tried to get behind them, but uh, I guess the injuries just stacked up, and and it looked like um, you know there wasn't going to be a direction for them. I I, I guess. Um, I, I will say I was a little surprised by the cut because it just came out of the blue and it didn't doesn't seem to be the first of like a sequence of cuts. Yeah, I mean, maybe it, maybe they asked for yeah. their release and because of the injury things and just not being able to perform at the level they wanted to. Uh, I don't know. And I was thinking as you were as you were saying that in terms of tag teams, uh, like actual tag teams that have come from NXT. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cursed in terms oh, of success on the main roster. I mean, I guess the most successful would be the revival. Yep. Um, but they won gold maybe once or twice on the main, yeah, ro- yeah, on the yeah, main yeah. roster, and not for any significant. I think period I think of that time. the Raw tag belts, and then I don't know if they won the SmackDown. I know they were in the mix yeah. there, but I can't recall if they actually won them. Um, but you look at like American Alpha, mm-hmm. nope, Jason, they they broke up. But yeah. Did they even come to the main roster as American Alpha? Uh, I believe they did. They they broke remember. up pretty quickly. Um, and the original pitch, by the way, was Chad Gable as Kurt Angle's son. But then someone went, "Kurt likes black ladies. Ha ha ha! Let's make it Jason Jordan." Uh, I forgot about that whole terrible thing. Yes. Uh, and then he hurt his neck and can't. Wrestle, yeah. Now now is... he's a uh, he's an agent, which is good for him, but um. Uh, you know, Chad Gable stuck a shorty G, uh, AOP. We were just talking about. I'm trying to think of the Ascension. Yeah, the, the yeah. How how soon I forget the Ascension, uh, yeah. who who uh, admittedly have followed up doing fuck all on the main roster, but doing fuck all on the Indies. And yes, I know they were booked on shows for Mania Weekend and everything, but literally, I the only sign of life I've seen is they've been selling T-shirts lately. Like, yeah, they have a new grudge match uh, design out. Yeah, uh, and I was like, ah, I mean, I like these guys in NXT, but uh, I'm not gonna buy this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 a little weird. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it... just not a not a good uh, not a good proving ground um, on the main roster for for tag teams, and it just fo- kind of follows up with everything that had 
has been suggested over the years that Vince McMahon does not care for tag team wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Now, in terms of uh, new deals signed, uh, Wade Barrett, after uh, subbing in for Mauro Ranallo, excuse me, now appearing to get hey, a full-time... Hey, uh, Now uh, appears to be getting a full-time commentary deal with WWE, uh, so I guess that's some good news for him. How uh, how was he on commentary? Uh, you know what? He's pretty good. He, he had been a uh, commentator for NWA in, right. uh, in in recent months, uh, he filled in after uh, Jim Cornette was canned, um, and he, he's pretty darn good at it. I mean, guy's got a great voice. He, yeah. he knows the ins and outs of the ring, um, and uh, I, I will say uh, a good uh, 99% less Cardi B references, which really... <laughs> You know, it depends on what side of the aisle you are there. Me, I I, I miss them personally, but that's that's just me. Um, also, uh, Nigel McGuinness, who was uh, among the furloughs during uh, the, the, the big cuts of COVID, uh, he is back with the company. He's going to be doing um, play-by-play, or excuse me, not play-by-play, color uh, for the NXT UK tapings, which I believe start this weekend. I know okay. they're not in front of a crowd. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I saw a photo of like their uh, setup over there. Yeah, it doesn't look dissimilar to what they're using in full sale. Um, yeah, just with a yeah. different logo. So you know, sure. Uh, but yeah, good week for uh, for for uh, uh, British. Uh, Yes, uh, commentators. Yeah, British WWE. former wrestling commentators. Yeah, um, there you go. I mean, I, I I've always liked Wade Barrett. Um, I thought that there was a lot of wasted potential in his in ring, um, uh, career in WWE. So happy to see him making some money elsewhere. It doesn't really seem like his acting career got to the level that he had hoped. Um, he did a number of movies, but they were yeah. all kind of very low budget direct to DVD you know, snatch ripoffs from what I could tell. Um, yes, so, yes. you know, <laughs> which sure make that money, man. Hey, but, uh, more power yeah. to you. Was he working? Was he doing play by play for NXT or was, was Vic Joseph doing play by play? Uh, Vic Joseph was, was doing play by play. Wade was, was doing color. Uh, what I, happened I, to Tom Phillips. Cause uh, he was doing that for a while. Uh, they, I, it feels like they've been subbing uh, random nondescript white dudes out on NXT, depending on, on who's available. Uh, gotcha. Much like the the brunettes who uh, host backstage interviews, they they just yes. they seem to have a cloning factory of of dudes with names that are completely interchangeable who look and act almost exactly the same. Although Tom Phillips will forever be known for his <laughs> his Snapchat debauchery, his intense uh, desire to face fuck. Yes. So so we had contracts and contracts begin, and like I said. Ugh. Uh, a new detail added to contracts this week, and um, there has been a lot of discourse about this one. So let's oh strap in, OG538, because your boys have some opinions on this. So, I got thoughts. I have thoughts. Um, <clears throat> ostensibly, WWE has uh, told their roster that they have until October 2nd to shut down their personal... Uh, Twitch accounts, their personal TikTok accounts, their personal Cameo accounts. Um, it sounds like YouTube is okay, which is odd. Um, but it's still monetized. Yes. Uh, but the idea is that anything that is third party uh, is is not allowed uh, for individual talents to do, where, where they may receive funding outside of the WWE. And... Um, 
this uh, this blew up very strongly, and uh, it sounds like it's not entirely clear what platforms specifically are or aren't allowed. But uh, this was the statement, and I know we're gonna love taking this apart. This was a statement to the press from WWE regarding said letter to the talent. Much like Disney and Warner Brothers. Off to a great start. WWE <clears throat> creates, promotes, and invests in its elect- intellectual property, i.e. the stage names of performers like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Big E, and Braun Strowman. Those are the top four names they mentioned, by the way. I, I just thought that was interesting. I'm not sure I would have included Braun Strowman in there, yeah. um, but Big E is definitely an interesting uh, inclusion Also, all there. SmackDown guys. I guess Raw doesn't count. Anyway. Nobody watches Raw. Uh, it is the control and exploitation of these characters that allows WWE to drive revenue, which in turn enables the company to compensate performers at the highest levels in the sports entertainment industry. Notwithstanding the contractual language, it is imperative for the success of our company to protect our greatest assets and establish partnerships with third parties on a company-wide basis rather than at the individual level, which as a result will provide more value for all involved. Doubt it. (sighs) Fucking doubt it. Yeah, so I read that and and it kind of confirms what my thought was when this started blowing up. And it blow up it did, whether it was former WWE stars like Mick Foley, Kevin Nash, Mm -hmm. uh, Maria Kanellis, Carl Anderson, Making fun of or bitching well, and moaning about this. Or Carl Anderson not one to mince words these days about yes, WWE. Yes. Or, surreally enough, former presidential candidate Andrew Yang talking yeah. about how, uh, you know, he's going to talk with the Secretary of Labor if the Secretary of Labor is not him come uh, January about looking into the independent contractor status of these individuals in WWE. Which, hey. Also. Sounds yeah. like fun. Also, uh, Leah, Leah Thompson got yeah. involved in it. <laughs> Leah Thompson and fucking David Bixon's band were going back and forth on Twitter. What, what? a surreal, surreal world we live in. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, th- this is just really kind of shitty, but it confirms what my gut instinct was, which was... Instagram w- is evil. Well, I knew that. <laughs> My gut instinct was WWE wants to, much like they've done with Tout, what I assume they've done with Instagram and Twitter, because everyone is verified on those uh, platforms and that sort of thing. They want to be able to go to Twitch as a brand and say, here's our roster of talent. We'll bring them to you if you pay us X amount of money, and then we'll pay everyone the same amount. They want to go to Cameo and say, we will bring you our roster of talent and you will pay us X amount of money and we'll pay our talent Y amount of money from that X amount of money. Like it's very clear. They want to be able to on this, on this cumulative basis, promote that roster. You can look on that as good or bad, but this independent contractor bullshit needs to end immediately. If they want to continue to bargain as a group for this company, it's almost as if they're putting together this union of similar people yeah. and unionizing them with these companies. I don't I don't know what that would be called, but yeah. Right. But only if it is in the financial uh, best interest of WWE. It's, it's as like an WWE entity. is bargaining for them collectively, Chris. <laughs> it you know what it reads to me it reads to me like a mob shakedown. 
A little bit. A you little know, bit. and knowing Vince McMahon and his uh, very questionable dealings uh, over the course of his career in running the WWE, it, it kind of fits perfectly. You know, you can we'll, – we'll, we'll still allow you to do this, but you're going to do it under our umbrella, under our protection, and then we're going to get a cut of it. It's the fucking mob, okay? Yeah. It's, it, and it's bullshit. Um, and if, if these people were using – names on these platforms that were owned uh, and copyrighted by WWE. I'll grant them that. That um, is, I guess, kind of an issue. Sure. If they're using their real names, then there's a whole other thing there where, fuck you, you don't, this is my name. It's on my social security card. You can't copyright the name on my social security card. Um, right, and right. I'm going to continue to do this uh, to supplement my income because it's easy money. And we talked about it just on last week's show, how somebody like Big E has made hundreds of thousands of dollars in doing these cameos yeah. over the pa- course of the past couple months. Because and they have free time. That, that's, right. that's the other thing about this. Like, the WWE roster has never, ever had the amount of free time that they do right now. Especially if you are one of the roster members who already lives in Florida, you are literally just hanging out and waiting for your one day of work a week. So you're you're playing video games. Why not stream that? Why not take the time to connect to fans in a personal way through things like Cameo and all of that? I mean, yes, there's the monetization factor. And and let us not ignore that there are certain people looking at you, WWE's own uh uh, queen gamer, I guess at this point in page, who, according to estimates, is pulling forty thousand dollars a month. Jeez, on Twitch, um, and, and I know I, I've I've made fun of of how she's able to pull that money, but game respect game, she's pulling yeah. that money. Make that money, kid. Um, yeah, you could sit there and say it, it's because she's Paige, but I imagine you know so, what's her name, Soraya Bevis, is going to be able yeah. to pull that off just as fine. Um, sure, yeah, because she has boobs still. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 allowing these performers to, if anything, build out your show, WWE. Yeah. It's allowing them to build out the connection they have with your fans, and not the other way around. It, like they're doing you a favor. <clears throat> yeah. And, and they should be a- allowed to be compensated for that. I get that they probably want to have this collective discussion about things, but for fuck's sake, like, it, it's literally the, they are lucky enough to monetize a hobby of theirs. Where, where's the line of this? Because, you know, you have the Bellas who have clothing lines yeah. and wine. You, wine and podcasts and YouTube videos and book deals. You have... Uh, guys like uh, Corey Graves and Seth Rollins, who legitimate, actually, I think even um, um, Baron Cesaro. Corbin does also. They have yeah. clothing lines that you can buy at fucking Hot Topic. Who the fuck is buying Baron Corbin clothes? Uh, it's it's in that same like you know <laughs> kind of gothy vibe of everything else. Did he but... cut a deal with TGI Fridays to supply <laughs> them with? Uh... With uh, assistant manager garb. I'm sorry, assistant to the regional manager. By the way, I, I had to confirm this for myself because I was I was on the Hot Topic website, as I want to do, because as a 35-year-old man, I don't feel comfortable going in there. Um, I, I, <laughs> well, also, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. even. Um, and I saw uh, a shirt that said it was from Black X Brave, and I was like, like, fucking... 
you know, Seth Rollins' wrestling school with his old buddy Merrick Brave? Like, seriously? Oh, and and sure is. as shit, it's it's a closing line that they did. And it's available Thanks, at Hot Topic. You really opened the open the floodgates for that shit. Yeah, I was just like, that's fucking weird, but good for them. And then I discovered Stay Down Clothing also has stuff there. And that's, of course, Corey Graves based off of his stupid fist tattoos. Uh, um, anyway, like, what's the line here in terms of, uh, of, of you know, trying to, to get a piece of things? Yes, Up, Up, Down, Down is partially owned and produced by WWE at this point. So I imagine Austin Creed is getting paid pretty well for that. Um, I hope so. But it's just one of those things where, okay, if if what uh, Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, whatever you want to call him, if he's able to do what he wants to do and he gets that job on G4, like, are, are they expected to be compensated? Is this basically the whole Dwayne The Rock Johnson Hollywood star scam all over again where Vince McMahon becomes producers of movies that he had right. nothing to do with just because his guy's the lead star until someone steps up and goes, all right, Vince, we'll pay you this amount of money. Now get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's not cool. And the, the thing that further sticks this into my craw is the fact that the last thing WWE needs right now is more fucking money. They can't even spend the money that they're that they're making hand over foot right now. They are rolling in the rolling in the dough. They are but, flushed but Chris, with Chris. Cash. Times are hard, and that's why all those people had to be cut during a pandemic. It just further continues uh, to uh, perpetuate my feeling that the WWE uh, and Vince McMahon specifically is morally bankrupt, gives zero fucks about the people that work for him uh, as long uh, and uh, as long as they're able to make him uh, massive amounts of money. And it's infuriating to me uh, that he continues to take advantage of these people who are legitimately dying and breaking their bodies for his fucking uh, Scrooge McDuck bank of money. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I will say, uh, if you ask me what what's the bit to watch out for? Um, I mean, yes, you know, with so many talents on Twitch, just off the top of my head, uh, you know, Paige, AJ Styles, Adam Cole, Mia Maybe. Yim, who actually raised a shit ton of money for uh, the funeral of Casey Michael, a guy who ran uh, uh, Square Circle Sirens, Sirens, who yeah. uh, passed away this past week. Um, uh, Dakota Kai. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting countless others who, who have Twitch channels. Bruce, oh, wait. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. He's just, well, you know what? I. Uh, more, more on that in a minute. Um, well, there's Lana. Lana is like yeah. queen of TikTok. All yeah, of a sudden. and and she got herself a Bang Energy endorsement deal. Good for her. Good for um, her. And and my understanding, by the way, is is AJ talking about having had COVID is 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 what uh, got into someone's crawl about this. But for me, the the thing to keep an eye on is arguably one of the biggest success stories in. Uh, in, in third-party entertainment from professional wrestling, uh, something to wrestle with. We, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we, we got to, you know, how long can your head of creative continue to do this expose show, this expose podcast uh, with Conrad Thompson before Vinnie Mac wants a piece of that too? If he doesn't already. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I but, honestly didn't know that he still did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, every so I never every to any single of those shows. week, 
yeah, it was never my my uh, my cup of tea. Every now and then, when I heard there's a really good episode, usually as promoted by Justin on this very podcast, I would dip my my toes in the water. But I realized I can't stomach four hours of wrestle talk, let alone Conrad Tabs and bumbling through it with uh, Bruce Pritchard doing mostly shitty impressions of people. Um. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's not my that's not yeah, my yeah uh, not not my bag. Not my idea of a good good waste of three hours. Yeah, not 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 my forte. Hey, but if we you like it, good you for you. To our yes, ninety minute podcast. Yes, yes. Um, cre- <laughs> credit to you. you. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I just I I I'm very intrigued to see whether or not Bruce Pritchard is able to continue to do that. And... Oh, do you think Vince gives a shit about double standards? No, Fuck of course no. not. Of it course comes not. down from Mount Olympus from fucking Vince Zeus McMahon himself, and he will do whatever the fuck he wants because he can. Yeah. And until something, uh, either there's a union or some kind of government regulated thing, which for the next uh, four months definitely isn't going to happen. In. Yeah, anything from the federal government to, to, to sanction Vince McMahon, it's just uh, po- and possibly longer. Fuck God, yeah. Jesus Christ! I hope yeah. not. But, um, but not yeah, not to get apocalyptic. I've just started to embrace the possibility that that's happening. Don't don't try to try to hold out. Don't yeah yeah. Let's let's prepare for the worst. But what, hope for the best. Someone in this podcast uh, remembers very vividly telling his friends and family, "Oh, don't worry, people people are smarter than you think." Uh, back in 2016 Uh, no they're not yeah yeah uh remember (laughs) what i said about being a really shitty prognosticator there you go i i these are the things i apparently get right Um, people have gotten worse over the last four years or not necessarily they've become louder about it yeah yeah Uh, it's more abundantly clear how shitty humans are that's the thing yes anyway that's We're a the lot laughing of... stock of the world. WWE is the laughing stock of the pro wrestling world. So let's and move apparently on to some... the laughing stock of entertainment. Um, let uh, just saying that you know you have folks like oh. Leah Thompson hopping in. Fucking oh, Leah sure. Thompson yeah. hopping in, complaining about how wrestle people are paid is fucking wild. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit more about in ring stuff. That's a lot of out of ring conversation. Let's talk a little bit more in ring. One more thing. Fuck Vince McMahon. Yep. Please. Continue. Okay. There we go. Um, we have new women's tag team champions in WWE as the thrown together team of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Oh yeah. Won the tag belts at uh backlash. Good for them. Uh, they had a rematch Friday night on SmackDown, which was really fucking good. Shockingly. It was, so wasn't it payback? Uh, God damn it. <laughs> you do it again. I keep doing this. <laughs> He's not even trying to, ladies and gentlemen. Payback lash. That's what I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. From now on, both shows are payback lash. <laughs> payback lash. Yes. Got it. So at payback lash, uh, Nia and Shayna won the tag belts, and Friday night on SmackDown they did a rematch, which was actually really good. Um, okay. Retained the belts, and uh, we officially had the breakup of uh, Sasha and Bailey. Shock of shocks, Bailey was the one who ended up turning on Sasha and pilmanized her neck, which was fucking wild. So, uh, oh wow, like yeah. by stomping on it or into the? I know they like to do the, the stompy the, stomp. around the neck into the post. Yeah, stompy nowadays. stomp. So, okay. uh, uh, credit to Evil Pam. She came off like the biggest shit heel in the world during this. Um, excellent work there. And hey, we might finally actually have. That Sasha v. Bailey match they've been teasing for years now. Something else will happen to, yes. to, to, to make it not happen. Also, holy fucking shit, Chris. Keith Lee won at Payback Lash. Completely <laughs> clean. clean. 
Completely he, clean. Yes, it yeah. was only six minutes long, but completely clean. Also, he got his tiny pants back. He wasn't wearing the baggy shorts. Still has to wear his uh, his rash guard up top, but he was wearing the tiny pants. Yeah, the look, coming from a fat guy such yeah. as myself, tight shirts, never a good look. No, um, no. It actually it accentuates the problem. Yes, exactly. Just let it fly, man. Let it yeah. let him be him. Let him let him let everybody bask in all of his meaty glory. Yes. Okay? Let's cause that's that's part of why we like Keith Lee. But good for him. Um happy that he, you know, went over clean on Randy. Good for Randy for agreeing to do it, mm -hmm. I guess. Um you know, maybe this is part of his um uh payback for the backlash of Randy Orton muttering some less than ideal uh words on Twitch streams or podcasts or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh by putting Keith Lee over here. Who knows? Uh but good on him. Uh good for Keith Lee. I think you you're you're uh skipping over the most important and heartbreaking part of the week, however. Yes. Is that the iconics are no more. Yes, they split up the iconics, weirdly enough. What the fucking fuck? Yeah. Uh they randomly threw together uh, a match on Raw for uh, a future women's tag title shot between the recently reformed Riot Squad. Uh and the Iconics, and if the Iconics lost, they would have to split up, and they did lose. And to, uh, I guess, celebrate said loss, uh, Billy and Peyton went down to Raw Underground, and uh, Peyton threw Billy into a match where she got squashed by some random uh, MMA. I think it was maybe it was just a match. It was Marina. Sh oh, it was Marina, or, or one of those two. Yes, I don't know. I, anyway, I still don't know which one's which. Uh, apparently, Vinnie Max really high up on Peyton, so that was the idea. Uh, so Billy had to be genetted. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I mean, mean don't look, get me wrong. I, I, I've thought Peyton was the better of the two the whole time, but I... Yeah, Billy Kay's definitely the funnier yes, uh, of, yes. of, of, of the two. But I I fear, and I'm not sure, hope to be proven wrong, but I fear that those two are a situation where, you know, the sum is better than the collective, or the collective sum is better yeah. than them on their own sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, the, the individual were, parts do not shine as bright. That's the one. I couldn't yeah. think of the cliché. Yes, um, but that was that was the one. So sad, sad for the iconics. I uh, was yeah. was a fan um, when I was watching, and would I would still catch the occasional clip of them doing something hilarious backstage and, and laugh my ass off. So yeah. you gotta R. be R. joking me, Chris. You gotta be R. joking me. Uh, and uh, we won't be doing our, our full breakdown of the Wednesday Night Wars this week because we have a lot to talk about at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to do our full uh, review of the all-out pay-per-view, and we have opinions. Uh, but uh, if, you missed, hey, uh, if you missed NXT, uh, the majority of the show was the four-way Iron Man match for the NXT championship. It ended up being uh, a four-way tie, one fall apiece up until the last three minutes. Then Finn got a finish, and then in the last five seconds, Adam Cole got a finish. So we are having a match between the two of them this coming Tuesday on NXT to uh, choose the champion. I don't necessarily mind the booking. Um, I, I, you know, WWE logic tends to dictate that Iron Man matches don't always end. At the end, I mean, the the most famous Iron Man match of them all went to sudden death. Um, well, who who is the agent? That yes, worked this match. Yes, so uh, undoubtedly Shawn Michaels. Yeah. What I will say is this though: it's not sudden death when you wait a week. No, no, you can't use the term sudden death there. Uh, it's it's all the all that's doing is besmirching the fantastic uh, 1994 movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sudden Death, which is an underrated 90s action gem uh, where Powers Booth uh, holds, Powers holds Booth. hostage the entire uh, igloo in Pittsburgh at a yes. uh, Penguins game. Yes. Jean-Claude Van Damme as the cop uh, is the only one who can stop him. And he – just to spoil uh, just a wee little bit of it um, – he puts a mascot's head into a deep fryer and he it's does cinematic glory fucking love that movie anyway it, 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 it is a now. it is a truly underrated classic <laughs> um yeah i i don't necessarily mind them you know uh, sort of kicking the can down the road for the next week i think balor and cole was a, a money match they were building to anyway i think it's a little sad that they're blowing it off on a tuesday night as opposed to at a takeover um, tuesday part two yeah Super twos day uh, yeah um and I will say, uh, according to PW Insider, the other suggestion for the finish was that Pat McAfee was going to run out and cost it for Cole. So uh, I'm very glad that that didn't happen, although we might see that on Tuesday. Um, uh, why? Yeah. Why? It's done. It, worked, it happens. It worked once, Chris. Why not try it again? Um, yeah, not, not super in love with that, but also on Tuesday, we're going to get a steel cage match between Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. Cool. I guess. I like both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So various um, levels of extent there. It, it, all this really just speaks to me of how much the luster has worn off of NXT. Um, yeah. you literally had a match with four of the best workers ever to come through NXT and I watched it and it was fine. I just didn't give a oh, shit. Iron Man matches, man. They're just fucking, yeah. they're long. They're unnecessarily long. Yeah. And you know nothing of note is really going to happen to the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. The, the so be- you're, you're basically sitting there for 45 minutes just, all right, let me just get through this shit to get to the good shit. And that's not a way I want to feel going into a match. To me, one of the best Iron Man matches ever was the Rock Triple H Iron Man match. Because Triple H took a DQ early by bashing Rocky with a chair and then yeah. got up two falls because Rock was so beat to fuck. Like, they ran something like that back. Uh, oh, they, they, they've done it subsequent times yeah. since. But I'm just like, that that's genius. Like, yeah. when you subvert the expectations, I think that's always when an Iron Man match works. I think actually they ended up running that when they did the 30-minute the Iron Man with uh, uh, Pac and um, uh, Kenny Omega earlier this year. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. But I feel like they did it in WWE as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, you know, Iron Man matches, I just, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you, you roll your eyes and you just kind of go, meh, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, to very quickly talk about this week's Dynamite, it was kind of a meh show uh, to, for, for the go-home show of... Uh, of all out um there was definitely some good action in the first half of the show um the the eight man tag where the winning team uh was going to be facing each other at all out with uh young bucks and jurassic express against se and private party i thought that was very good it was I enjoyed that a lot uh Agreed. i very much enjoyed the thunder rosa debut uh against serena deeb who yeah. uh it struck me that with her hair grown out she looks a lot like Julia Louis Dreyfus in the early years of Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> yeah, she and we were we were texting about this match. It felt yeah. it was we both really liked it, and it was it was a really good match. But it felt like it felt real, you know. Yes. It was one of those like it was not everything 
was super polished, not to the point where it was sloppy, but to the point where it felt real. And that's really kind of like the pocket that you look for um, in in terms of rating a a really good match. Both those two, you know, uh, Serena Deeb's been going at it probably 20 years, and apparently Thunder Rosa has 15 years under her belt. And I've said this a couple times. I remember seeing Thunder Rosa in Lucha Underground and not enjoying anything she was doing. Uh, But she really trained her ass off and has gotten really fucking good. Yes. Also dead ass. Uh, uh, the the whole presentation of, of Thunder Rosa is is a ten from the entrance music, which sounds like uh, a weird oh. Soulfly B side, to uh, Marty. Yeah, yeah, Marty. Yeah, hey. I, I, I I know my shit, sir. My friend, yeah. Now some Max Cavalier action. On but that's that's what dude. it struck me as. Like someone told yeah. Mikey Ruckus, like fucking rip off Soulfly on this one, bud. Um, and, uh, I, she I, goes I back to the primitive. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love the entrance. I love her look, which has like a throwback feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 uh, flower crown is a nice touch. Like there, there's, there's a lot in her presentation. I like, yeah. and then just her and Deeb looked like fucking stars. I know yep. that Rosa a is fighting MMA, uh, like, I, I was uh, listening to Wrestling Observer Radio earlier today, and legit, she took like a week away from MMA training to do this wow. storyline and match. Good so, for like, her. credit for her. Uh, yeah. But, like, Deep looked like a star. And for a women's roster that right now could use some boosting and also use some steady hands, Deep yeah. literally was just training people at the PC before she got cut in April. Yeah. So. You know, I don't know what type of money AEW is working with right now because I know that they got unlike unlike WWE, they got hit and then didn't cut people. Um, she would be like high up on my list for a pickup just because I think that would help that roster a lot. Kind of like what Dustin Rhodes is doing right now for the younger yep. guys uh, in AEW. But the the Dynamite show as a whole was just it was a lot of promos. There was a weird energy to the show. Um, I was happy to see Excalibur back, but, uh, yeah, after, after the first half of the show, which, you know, had that aforementioned eight man and, uh, had a a really fun brawl with, uh, best friends and, uh, proud and powerful, although the finish got botched a little bit. Um, it, it wasn't really like a a very good show. It was, it was kind of weird. And unfortunately, that, that weird energy, carried, energy over. carried over into yeah. last night's pay-per-view. So uh, last night was all out. Um, of course, by the time you're hearing this, it was probably two or three nights ago. But still, uh, all out, uh, including the buy-in, just about five hours of showtime. I was fucking – and I'm just sitting on my you know couch this whole time, and I'm just fucking – I was over it by the end. I was like, God, just – and I, I probably shouldn't have – I didn't need to watch the first half hour of the buy-in because they usually don't yeah. do matches till 7.30, and they didn't. But – you know, I was excited. Yeah. I was excited for the show. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah, cool. You know, I got my got my drink, finished my dinner, ordered the ordered the pay per view on BR Live. The yeah. the Amazon app for BR Live wasn't working, so I had to uh, oh, no. down. I had the app on my phone, and I Chromecasted it to my TV. So I I, I worked it around, but okay. I don't know why the Amazon BR Live app wasn't working for me. If anybody else had problems with that, let me know because I was a little pissed off about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it was a long fucking show. Yes, and uh, I will put an asterisk on my thoughts here. Although I have uh, subsequently, because uh, I got up early this morning, I, I 
tried to go back and watch some stuff that I didn't get to watch in full. Uh, I was hosting a Super Art Fight show on Twitch through about mm, quarter of ten last night. So for, well, let's call it the first two-thirds of the show, I had it on my iPad yeah. just you know, just to the lower right of my view with the sound off. So I can't speak to commentary or, or anything well, like that except for what I went back and – and watch like I went back so I could watch all of the Thunder Rosa match and and, yeah. and that sort of thing, um, but the show kicked off. Well, two notes real quick. Oh, yes, um, go ahead. Please. One commentary was not very good last night. I, I I've heard a lot of people uh, calling for Jr's head uh, today. I mean, he's just a horny old man, um, and it seeps into his commentary every now and then. Like, keep that shit on Twitter if you're gonna, you know, uh, have those feelings come out. Um, you know, talk about wishful thinking for a wardrobe malfunction. And yeah, and that I I did I did catch that line because that's when I was watching the show proper. Maybe he he spent too much time with Jerry Lawler over the course of his career, uh, and it's just kind of seeped into him. Maybe he yeah. just needs to hire a fucking Jacksonville escort to get a nut. I don't know, but um, it shouldn't be seeping into his uh, commentary. And aside from the sexual thing, which, look, I have no room to talk because I sexualize these wrestlers all the time. But I'm a dork in my fucking kitchen, one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't – if microphone. you were hired to uh, <laughs> to to host – AEW. I don't think you'd be saying that right. on commentary. At least personally, oh, might I'd be I'd be in too much of a fight or flight mode to even consider how attractive Anna J is. Like that's just where I would be. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, but yeah, the comment and the other side of it is, Jr. He doesn't. It doesn't always. Sometimes it sneaks out. It doesn't always sneak out. But it's you can tell by the tone of his voice that he does not care for the style of wrestling that AEW presents. Yeah. Uh, and it's really starting to grate on me that he's the guy they're going to for this. Tony was off his game last night, too. Excalibur had some uh, commentating ring rust on him as well. It was not a great night for commentary all all throughout. Yeah, and I noticed in particular that, that there were some matches, I won't say they were hurt by the commentary, but... Sure not um, helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but uh, the tag title match, the storytelling during the Revolution tag title match was enhanced by the commentary. In the case of this match, the commentary really didn't emphasize the storytelling as much, which I felt mm -hmm. like hurt the match. But we'll, we'll talk about what hurt that match as we go on. Anyway, first match of the buy-in, Joey Janela and Serpentico. Um, this was definitely an AEW dark match. This yeah. this this was not great. Um, Serpentico, I think, got totally lost at a point because he he was at the top rope. He was going to do something. He jumped down. He hit a stomp and then went back up top. It was yeah. it was really weird. I don't know what happened there. Um, but Janela goes over uh, as after, you would hope as you would hope after a weird fucked up trip spot with Luther. Um, <laughs> yeah, he totally uh, missed the leg. Yeah, they like have one job to do, bro. Or two. One is to point at the stupid bullseye on your forehead and stick your and, tongue out and stick your tongue out. And two <laughs> is to grab uh, Janela's leg. And, you know, you, you accomplish one of them. Yeah. So uh, and, I guess as, that's worth his fucking whatever kind of crazy deal. Chris Jericho talked Tony Khan into giving him. And as Chris can attest, your boy Marty has figured out how to do the Luther emoji on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Janela really needed that win after getting absolutely fucking squashed on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then we had private party against uh, the dark orders, uh, Reynolds and silver. And this was awesome. I, I loved this. This was fantastic. Reynolds Why? and silver yeah. are 
10 out of 10. Yeah, they need to be in the tag uh, tag title hunt uh, as soon as possible. Yes. Um, because those guys are fucking dope together. And Private Party, you know, looks good. Uh, I still think uh, Isaiah Cassidy is a better hot tag than Mark Quinn. Um, yes. And Cassidy got worked over for the majority of the match. But uh, it was still, still really fun. You know, they... Uh, Dark Order countered Silly String, but weren't able to uh, counter. What was what's their finisher called? Uh, gin and Juice. Gin and Juice. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what finished it. And there were a couple false finishes in there that I was like, oh okay, all right, maybe yeah. this is gonna happen. Alex, Alex and uh, Silver are are just fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, they they've gotten very good at this sort of locomotion style. Uh, tag sequences just yeah. you know move into move into move into move and the thing that's interesting is I think that's rubbing off on the rest of the Dark Order because we saw that yeah. uh, in, in what started as an absolute I could not give a fuck match uh, the the eight man between the Dark Order and Cody's uh, band of Cody's cronies yes um, I, I I saw the Dark Order really enhance that match a lot by just putting together these really fun sequences. And I wonder yeah. if it's a situation where, you know, those guys were able to sort of chat things out and, and, and throw things together. Anyway, really fun opener. And, and, and uh, they've, I think they've finally gotten to the point where the, the buy-in matches actually make you want to buy into the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's a good idea that they move the swole Britt Baker match out of the buy-in for whew. that sake, because holy shit, the show proper kicked off with that. And that was a mistake. Yes, the whole thing, the match. Yeah, the the everything. The everything only thing that I thought was effective at all during the the tooth and nail match. It, it was a cinematic match. It was shot at quote unquote Britt Baker's dentistry office. See, I don't think it was cinematic. I just I, it was just on location. Oh, like fair, there was nothing fair. like po- edited in post. You know, that's what cinematic means to me is that yeah. you're, you know, you're having outside elements involved. This was just an on location match. In yeah. A, Den- dentist office which i, I guess then it, it wasn't was, even her dentist office yeah it's, it's probably closer than to the um uh stadium stampede match where it's like it was it was filmed on location or or, or what have you um it wasn't very long either but the only thing that, me that that was effective was there was one shot where like uh when swole got to the dentist's office Britt baker popped up in the background like uh, a horror villain i thought that was great the rest of it though was trash like it was it was just not the good. action itself sucked yeah um, um the only thing that seemed real and painful was a swinging neck breaker on the hardwood floor yes, uh, yes. Other, other than that which it looked like swole actually might have actually hit her elbow really hard on the floor coming down yes. um but other, I mean, there was a fucking power drill involved and a yeah, dental drill and uh, no. No, there's like it was legit, yeah. not a dentist. Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Drill. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that she tried um, to murder uh, Swole with. Yes. And meanwhile, the referee's like, "Well, murder's okay. Well, I'll, I'll allow it." <laughs> yeah, it it's in this office, so whatever. Match. Yeah. Um, but uh, the finish was Big Swole uh, making Britt Baker pass out via anesthesia. Which, I mean, I. I Apparently, the reason why this match was the way it was is Britt Baker is not as healed as they wanted her to be by All Out. Okay. So, I, okay. I, I guess that's the excuse, but, yeah. It, it, it was it was garbage. Yeah, it was not very good. But what was very good, the proper in-ring opener of the night, the Young Bucks and the Jurassic Express had oh, yeah. a fucking great tag match. Like, yeah, they... the, this made everyone look great. Uh, regardless of of who ended up winning everyone's stock was raised in this crazy spots 
crazy dives. There was one sequence where fucking uh, Luchasaurus did a dive to the outside and ended up actually diving on all of the faces sitting as the face crowd. Yeah. Um, Jungle Boy keeps getting better and better and better and better. Like, Jungle Boy is going to be a top star in professional wrestling full stop. Like, barring... Fingers crossed. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. He's going to be a top star. But uh, we also had the continued intrigue of the Young Bucks now being just complete dickheads. Dickhead Young Bucks are my favorite Young Bucks. Because yes. uh, I just love the aggression. Like, super kicking Marco stunts fucking head off on the outside. Poor kid on crutches because Jake Hager fucked up his his, uh, his ankle or foot or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just the way that they are, you know, the, the the aggression and they're not giving a fuck about anything is just very fun to watch, especially when it's such a plucky baby face team like Jurassic Express in there um, to, to play foil to them. Uh, yeah, like you said, everybody got their shit to shine. And at another point, uh, Luchasaurus did a fucking moonsault off the apron beautifully onto yes. both bucks. Um, all, all kinds of craziness in there. The, the kicks. It was it was it was a kick party. Uh, not yeah, all of yeah. them were super, but they, yes. it was a kick party. The 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 Kicks black for mass, cancer as as the a black mass used to tail throw whip out there. Um, kick of Luchasaurus. I fucking love. Yes. Um, and pretty much always hits its mark, which is great too. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, even in defeat, uh, Jungle Boy kicked out of a ton of shit. Yes. Uh, before they finally were able to put him away with what they do the Meltzer was it the Meltzer driver or uh, two B- Meltzer drivers the uh, BTE oh the BTE was, was right. the big finish. Um, those fucking assholes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so then we had the casino battle Royale, uh, reminder of how that works. Four groups of five entering every three minutes. And then one final entrant, the Joker. So, um, I, I have the breakdown of the groups. First group was Trent, Chris Daniels, Jake Hager, the blade and Ray Phoenix. Good, good group to start. Good base for everybody. Um, you know, it, it just was a good back and forth, uh, minus of course, Jake Hager and, uh, his existence, his, his general existence. Why are they? Why is he going by Rock Hard right now? You probably missed this because you weren't on commentary. He cut like in his when they were doing on the pre-show all the the promos of why they're going to win the battle royal. Yeah, he, he's he's calling himself Rock Hard. JK they start right they now. started doing that when he had the uh, TNT title shot. Did they? Yeah, How did I, I do not remember that. I don't know why they're doing it, but that that became his nickname. Yeah, I, I don't want to think of Jake Hager in a normal basis, but thinking yeah. of Jake Hager and Rock Hard in the same sentence, yeah. that's a big no no. Yeah, not not a big fan of it myself. Um, group two was Frankie Kazarian, Will Hobbs, who uh, for being random AEW dark jobber got a big push uh, last night. Yeah, he uh, did. They, um, I didn't know who the hell he was because I don't watch Dark. So I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? They're yeah. acting like he was just kind of a deal. So Yeah, so I, I, I guess he's a guy who they're going to get behind. But uh, Will Hobbs, Chuck Taylor, Santana and Ortiz. And Santana and Ortiz took out Chuck Taylor <laughs> from the jump. Yeah, they did. Um, but uh, another good, fun group. Group three was uh, Billy from the Gun Club because he's not yeah. Billy Gunn. Uh, right. Penta L0M with his brand new mask, which looks kind of like phoenixes yeah it does and they were also both wearing their uh lucha mask uh not like lucha mask is in the brand not luchador mask uh, their lucha mask face mask uh that you can buy on lucha-masks.com for 30 fucking dollars yep yep i really want laughing to the bank 
cannot justify spending thirty dollars well, on uh, a mask. Well, I maybe, can't. Maybe that'll that'll be from the uh, Roughhouse Secret Santa this year. We'll see. Maybe maybe so. Yes. Uh, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Darby Allen were the rest of that group. Uh, then we had uh, Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, and Lance Archer as the final group. Uh-huh. And uh, the last entrance, the Joker, was Matt Seidel. So let, let's talk about how I saw the Matt Seidel thing and then the timing of things. Because this just was a, a, a fun little back and forth between the two of us. So Seidel got announced, or Seidel came out. <laughs> He came out, his video played, and it just said SSP, here we right. go. And I was like, who the hell is SSP? And then it said Matt Seidel. Seidel walks out. As he walks out, he hits a, a fucking flying knee on Sean Spears. Yeah. And that had been waiting on the outside, not yeah. getting into the match as part of his strategy. Yes. So that's what I saw of Seidel. And, and yeah. I text Chris because <laughs> – you know, again, I'm I'm multitasking here, and I probably yeah. shouldn't have been, but I'm multitasking here. So I, I see that. I see him hit that flying knee, and you text me and go, Sidal's the last guy, and I go, he looks good. Apparently, when I texted you that <laughs> was the exact minute he goes to do a shooting star on Will Hobbs and fucking slips on the ropes. Yeah. Like, there was a banana peel on that shit. Now, <laughs> all the credit in the world to Sidal. Somehow, in midair, that dude figured out how to land on his back. Yeah, I know it could it could have been really really bad, and I'm yeah. happy it wasn't. Uh, as far as we know, I mean, we haven't gotten an injury update. He's tweeted afterwards, and yeah, this kind of joked about it. Um, but in retrospect, it's fucking hysterical. Yeah, and Matthew's going to have a fucking blast with it on the next Botchamania. Yes, it, it, for as much as you can look at some of the shooting stars that Matt Seidel has done in his career and been like, that's a highlight reel. Like the the shooting star into an RKO is yeah. something. Now, all these years later, we talk about. This will be his Botchamania moment. This will be his um, Shockmaster moment that people yeah. will, will talk about for some time, unfortunately. He's never going to live it down. No. Yes. And and I think, honestly, the reason why he slipped was it was so fucking hot. And he had all these yeah. guys on the ropes sweating, sweating and, and, yeah. and, and all that. And, and their uh, ropes look like they're covered by, like um, – some kind of rubbery material or something. Yeah. Unlike the WWE ropes that are actual like ropes, right? Yeah. They, like, yeah. And a- the, AEW you know, does like the the like covered cable. Yeah. 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 So you know it doesn't absorb uh, moisture as, as right. well as right. other textures. So yeah, it's it's fucking dangerous. I mean, you know, I'm happy he's okay. Uh, like yeah. I said, but at the time. Is fucking hysterical. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, the the Battle Royal goes on. There is a crazy moment where uh, Darby Allen he throws out Ricky Starks. Ricky mm-hmm. Starks, uh, while out on the outside, pulls a body bag from under After the he ring. he throws Darby Allen into the ring post. Yes. Uh, pulls out a body bag. Yeah. They throw, key, or they throw uh, Darby Allen back in the ring with the body bag. Brian Cage opens the body bag, fills it with tacks, mm-hmm. puts Darby in said body bag, mm-hmm. and then awesome bombs him over the top rope onto the stage while in the body bag. That's the gnarliest bump I think I've seen. Now, my understanding is Darby's completely fine. He, I hope som- so. he somehow survived this, but it's one of the sickest spots I've ever seen. I yeah. mean,. Brian Cage, I love Brian Cage, but he kind of strikes me as um, 
how do you say this in 2020 parlance? He's like the one kid in your gym class who doesn't know that that you shouldn't play dodgeball real hard. Right. He's yes. he's not fully aware of his own strength at all times. Yes. Yes. Fully in control. Of in pre twenty twenty, it's freaky R strength. I think is yes. is what Brian Cage has. He he's he's more chemical than man at this point. I think that goes with the brain too. So uh, he he's not very good at the 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 fake throwing. And uh, yeah, it looked like he was going to shoot murder Darby in, in yeah. that moment. Anyway, he didn't. Um, the final four ended up being. Weirdly enough, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Lance Archer, and Matt Seidel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because you have, you know, The Butcher and Kingston who are, you know, together in cahoots as a mm-hmm. whatever faction they're they're pulling with, with those guys. And, you know, you had Archer who was the odds-on favorite and, and yeah. Matt Seidel as the wild card joker there. So it was, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, I could really make a case for anybody but Butcher winning this. Uh, yeah. And that's not a slight on Butcher, but just in terms of... How, how they built every yeah. everyone up. Um, right. So Seidel ends up tossing the butcher. Lance Archer hits the blackout on Seidel. So then Kingston's able to throw out Seidel. It comes down to Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer, which for me, win-win on that one for sure. Yeah. Um, they end up fighting on the apron. Uh, Blade runs out to help Eddie Kingston. He grabs Archer's ankles. Archer kicks him away. Jake Roberts ends up scaring Kingston with uh, the snake. Um, yeah. And then Archer tossed Kingston off of the post onto Butcher and the Blade on the floor. So Lance Archer wins and has a future AEW title shot. And I would hope that this would lead to an Archer-Kingston match on Wednesday. Because yes. that would be awesome. Yes, that would be very awesome. Now here's where the show takes a turn. Because this next match... Uh, loomed pretty harshly on the rest of the show is the broken rules match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, basically a last man standing match. Um, You basically, you know, you have to, to uh, outlast the 10 count um, or, or or knock someone out. So they can't outlast the 10 count rather. And if Matt Hardy were to lose, he would leave AEW. Um, you and I both, uh, we kind of thought, uh, especially after you, you planted this suggestion in my head, th- we were thinking Sammy was going to win. Your suggestion was uh, they didn't clarify which Matt Hardy had to leave. So Right. So I figured like this typical, whichever version of Matt Hardy showed up for the match yeah. would lose. And then he'd have to be Damascus the rest of the time or yeah. version 2.0, Matt Fax or some stupid shit like that. I figured yeah. that was going to be their workaround. Um, but that ended up not being the case uh, as yeah. far as we could tell. So uh, and the match starting outside the ring was like, okay, this is this is what we're gonna do. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, they, they they were running back and and hearkening to you know the Falls Count Anywhere match that kind of started the the uh, Daly's Place era of AEW. They were hearkening back to the Stadium Stampede match to the point where you know Hardy's looking for Sammy and there's Sammy at the golf cart and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a fun way to to kick off this yeah. match, you know. We're reversing that cuz it was always Hardy running down Sammy Guevara. Cool cool cool, right. fun fine. They're brawling in the concourse and they end up fighting and they're on top of the, the scissor lift. Mm-hmm. And they they'd done a spot again hearkening back to that falls count anywhere tag match when it was um i think it was sammy and jericho against uh hardy and um kenny omega um 
you know, they had uh, Omega do that uh, Asai moonsault off of the right. scissor lift. Barely got caught, which maybe was the lesson they should have learned here. But yeah. uh, the idea was, um, you know, they were fighting on the lift. Sammy spears Hardy off of it, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is a fucking scary spot to do. Yes. There's two tables beneath it, and Matt misses the table closest to the scissor lift entirely. Mm-hmm. The lower half of his body goes through uh, the further table. So if if you're looking at it from their perspective, misses the bottom table, hits the top, but he hits the top with the lower half of his body. So the upper half of his body and his head just hit the fucking floor. Concrete, just full on solid concrete. Yeah. Not and immediately. Immediately, Aubrey runs over to check um, yeah. and sh- shoot, as far as we know, throws up the X because uh, it looked as gnarly from the screen as I'm sure it did for where she was standing. And, you know, Sammy's out doing his, you know, huffing and puffing, uh, trying to get Aubrey to do the count, tries to go back and and, and uh, inflict more pain onto Matt Hardy. And mm-hmm. Aubrey gets, you know, in between them. And then Doc Samson comes out and uh, gets there. And then another guy comes out and then pulls Sammy away from Matt Hardy um, as Doc Samson is restraining Matt Hardy because he wants to go back at it. Um, and then here's where it kind of all falls apart is Aubrey calls for the bell. Yeah. So the match is over. Uh, apparently in the, in those 30 seconds or so, uh, she conferred with Doc Samson and they made the call to stop the match. That's it because he's not medically fit to continue. Right. Th- and then we see cameras start to follow Sammy, who's walking from the concourse out to the ring area. And then Matt Hardy gets up um, and is starting to call for Sammy because he has to finish it. And then he starts walking to the ringside area. And then we're told that the match must continue. The bell rings again and they're back on. Yeah. Which is a real bad look for everyone involved. Um if Matt is knocked out or was knocked out, legitimately knocked out, which it, it appears that he was, you call it, man. Like, fucking call it a no contest. Run that shit back. Like, on paper, when I look back, and I, I recognize I have the the benefit of hindsight in my sure. favor, Matt and Sammy should have been a fucking, you know, broken brilliance match at the Hardy compound. Like, yeah. that. That's that's what it should have been. Um, and the more and more that I sit here and I think about when Matt is at his best in AEW, it's, it's in that environment. Yeah. Um, you know, he's done these like table matches and shit with Sammy on, on the way to, uh, all out. And you see Matt's like pretty beat up, you know, uh, watching him walk makes me hurt. Um, yeah. He's got that Ishii walk. Yeah, it's not it's it's not great. It's not a great look. So already you're kind of tempting fate from the jump, regardless of of how things went. You were tempting yeah. fate from the get go. And when you have a guy legitimately get hurt like that, and then he's apparently the one who wanted to soldier on. Like, I get it. It's a wrestler mentality. But fucking step in. Like, well, 
You're Tony Khan. This is your is, investment. You know, save your investment, did. bud. They they made the right call, and then they went back on it immediately. Yeah. Which that that's that's what really kills me. Um, it, you you made the right call. You did the right thing, and even the commentary put over the fact that the match is over. You got to look out for uh, people's health. Blah 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 blah, and then. Uh, you know, they talked to Matt and he said he wanted to continue. That's not the indicator you use. Yeah. How many stories have we heard? Uh, the main one that comes to mind is Daniel Bryan. Yeah. In the one concussion that he got where he talks about he doesn't remember it, but he told that he needed to wanted to finish the match and he did. And it ended up being the one that ended his career for five years. Um, so, you know, when it comes to traumatic brain injuries <laughs> essentially um you know you can't take the person's word on this you have to uh medically or uh, officially stop this match and they did yeah. and you know the fact i think this you know destroys a fair amount of credibility of tony khan and, yeah. and doc Sampson as well uh for for both of them allowing this to continue i mean i'm not going to say that he's you know thrown down to the level of a uh, doc Amon and throw z pack on it you'll be all right or whatever yeah for fear of a, a, a slander lawsuit coming our way <laughs> uh all rumor and conjecture um but the fact that they both allowed this match to continue and not only continue it didn't continue in the ring when the yeah. match continued they ended up climbing a 50, 20 20 at least 20 feet tall um, lighting rig lighting rig and yeah you, you have a guy who just got concussed you're letting him climb all the way up there like what, what is the wrong fuck? with you yeah I, and it was also you know sammy could take the shane mcmahon bump and maybe that was the original finish and all these other things and hey that's cool i'm i'm you know, whatever would have been fine if if Matt wasn't not legitimately stupid there, and it it just I know I know it 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 feels so silly to be like clutching pearls over this because you know we we've we've seen worse things happen in a professional wrestling ring, but it's yeah. just it feels negligent regardless of whether or not Matt wanted to do it, and and I will say the follow ups. Whether it was Reby Hardy, Hardy getting messy on Twitter like she is wont to do, yeah. or fucking Tony Schiavone having to play PR on commentary in other matches, it was not Twice. a good look for anybody. Yeah, yeah, because the first time he did, he said that uh, they spoke to Matt uh, Dockaman, or not Doc, yeah, <laughs> Doc yeah. Samson spoke to Matt Hardy and decided he was okay to continue. And then they kind of, which was a go back on what happened prior, and then he, Tony did another one later on, which went back on the earlier statement. So it was, it was just shit compounded on the shit, and yeah. none of it was good. Yeah. Um, the whole handling of everything after Hardy's head hit the concrete is very regrettable. I hope Tony Khan feels that way in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, I know at the moment, you know, you have a lot of things going through your mind, you're, you, you know, but really what it comes down to it is as the owner uh, of this company, the onus is on you to look out for your people's uh, health and safety. And Tony Khan did not do that last night. Yeah. Yeah. It, it did. Uh, just just an absolute fucking mess. Not not really happy with how that went. Anyway, we can talk about this the rest of the show, um, but this did cast a shadow on the rest of All Out. Um, but, hey, the match after this, 
Hikaru Shida defending the AEW Women's World title against Thunder Rosa. This match was fucking great. If it yeah. weren't for the fact that – and I'm glad I went back and I, not only because I, you know, I didn't get to watch this in full, so I went back and I watched it, but, like, with it separated from the immediacy of the Matt Hardy thing, I got to actually just focus on the match itself. Yeah. This match is really fucking good. Like, this match is. Is, is fucking great. I think it might have been match of the night. Uh, in, in my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, she did Thunder Rosa just had a, a barn burner of a match. Uh, Thunder Rosa got put over huge. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that is so wonderfully unselfish about this, because I, I saw some people online kind of, you know, wringing their hands about like, well, you know, she's not under contract and they made her look good and, and, and everything. Uh, a, there's a rematch you can run down the line now. Yeah. But B. Okay, you made that opponent look really good. Well, guess what? Sheeta's the one who beat her, so Sheeta's yeah. even better now in kayfabe. Like, yeah, uh, I, I, I thought this match ruled. Uh, also, uh, Sheeta getting to use the Meteora uh, was nice, and uh, there was a fun little back and forth between her and Shima yeah. uh, on Twitter uh, earlier this weekend, where Shima gave her the okay to start using the Meteora. So uh, that that's why we we saw that off off the second rope to the stage, no less. Yeah, and luckily, uh, Thunder Rosa was far enough away from the stairs so that she didn't brain herself. Uh, yes, because we yes. couldn't have gone for, couldn't have handled back to back brainings uh, yeah. in matches here. So Shima invented the meteora. Yes, yes, that was him. Why is it called the meteora and not the Neteora? That is an excellent question, and um, <laughs> I, I could not, I could not tell you. For the longest time, I thought that's what it was until I was like, "Wait, did he say meteora with an yeah. M?" Yeah, like because I know like, Sasha Banks like a does it. Meteor, call it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that, but you're, yeah. there. It's right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. But yeah. okay. Um, I mean, I then we had the match was dope. Yes, match was dope. Definitely worth checking out from the show. Uh, Alex Marvez was backstage, somehow still employed, somehow still not replaced by Justin Schlegel. How is he? It's a pay per view. Why? Why was? Why does he wear a blazer on Dynamite and, and then, wears just uh, a polo shirt on a pay per view? I think it's because it was like ninety fucking degrees. <laughs> That's Tony really what it was. Blazer all night long. Oh, I know. And Excalibur wearing a fucking suit a and yeah, and, and his pay per view mask, no less. Right. Yeah. 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 No. He was. He was classy. He dresses up. for the occasion. Yes. Um, anyway, Marvez in the back with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Uh, Penelope Ford revealed that they're getting married, and Sabian said they'll be getting married live on Dynamite because God love a pro wrestling wedding angle. It's true. Uh, it's true. He's going to have his bachelor party on Dynamite, and he's going to reveal his best man this week on Dynamite. So I guess maybe this is how they intro another new character. Yeah. Because or, or, it's not Jimmy Havoc. I can tell you no, that much. Well, it better not be. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be Marty Skrull. Uh, yeah, either. yeah. So, no, no. You know, uh, <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, you know, I like a, I like a good surprise reveal. Hopefully, yeah. it's somebody not underwhelming. If it's Luther, I, I may stop watching Dynamite. Yeah, my uh, my uh, my joke to you though was, what the hell? Let's let's bring in Rusev for this. God knows he has a great history of wedding ankles. Yes, this is this is true. <laughs> it's true. And, and and my joke was, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Yes, yeah, of course it will. You know what? that makes perfect sense. Um, so then we had an eight man tag. It was the dark order of Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Stu Grace, and the evil Uno as accompanied by Anna J against Col- uh, Cody's team of idiot friends. That was Dustin Rhodes, Scorpio sky, Matt Cardona and QT Marshall, uh, with yeah. Brandy Rhodes and Allie on the outside. 
for reasons. Um, yeah. When this match started, I, like you, was definitely in a, a place of like, why the fuck is this on this card? Why, yep. why, why is this even happening? By the end, though, I thought it was a really fucking fun match. Yeah, I, at, at that point, I was already starting to get tired, and yes. I wasn't really into the story of this match. So I was kind of scrolling through Twitter on most of it, um, yeah. not not paying super attention. It, it did pick up towards the end, and they told some stories with you know Dustin trying to get his revenge. But as mm-hmm. I as I texted you about this, all they did was confirm that Cody is Poochie here because yeah, everything was about Cody. Every this whole the whole story of the match is about Cody, and Cody's not even fucking there. Um, and you know the Dark Order beat him up so bad that he died on the way back to his home planet a couple yes. weeks ago. Yes. So Cody is is firmly Poochie. Um, you know, when we see him again uh, is probably once he finishes filming this uh, Heels show for um, Stephen Amell, which Brandy and Cody are married. Yes. Okay. So they, they well, I would imagine they have conversations with each other. Oh, that, so uh, about Cody, the branding confusion? Yeah. Yes. And Cody, she's the chief branding officer. I know. Like, why would you, it's confusing. Yeah, um, not, I, you know, because the, the AEW Club for Women is called Heels, which, haha, clever, heel, wrestling, women, women. footwear. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. But then there's also <laughs> this show that Cody's going to go off shoot with fucking <laughs> Green Arrow. And it's called heels, so it's 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 very confusing. Yes, I'm with you. Very very odd. Um, but yeah, uh, the finish was um, Brody Lee hits a big lariat on Dustin Rhodes, tags in Cabana, so Cabana can get that pin. Cabana goes, no, I'm gonna do the moonsault too. Misses the moonsault. Dustin hits a roll up and gets the win. And then uh, Tony Schiavone has an interview backstage with Dustin. Explaining that uh, it's going to be Dustin Rhodes against Mr. Brody Lee for the TNT title this coming week on Dynamite. I mean, okay. I had a hunch that's where it was going to go. I didn't need confirmation right then and there. I'll say that much. Well, also, uh, Dustin didn't beat Brody. Yeah, he he beat Colt. He beat beat Colt. And, you know, sure, fine, whatever. And then also, after the match, Brody Lee was furious with Colt. Um and yelled him yelled at him dressed him down in the in the middle of the ring and then uh you know left him uh with the rest of the Dark Order aside from Evil Uno who uh, consoled Colt and walked him to the back so you know that was really I think the first time storyline wise that Colt has seen that side of Mister Brody yes um so curious to see where that leads with his indoctrination into the dark order he even changed up his gear to match the color scheme which mm-hmm, i liked mm-hmm. um even though he was still kind of mostly happy-go-lucky colt cabana right just oblivious to the evil side of this uh, yeah you, you, you can't take the with. cult out of the uh right uh, yeah even when colt's in a cult you can't take the cult out of colt cabana <laughs> um Cult and a cult. Yes. So then we had the AEW World Tag Team Title Match. FTR with Tully Blanchard getting their title shot against the uh, seven and a half month long uh, tag team champions. When they started started pointing out how long exactly it had been, I, I had a hunch of where things were going to go. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega. Well, you already had a hunch where they yes. were going to go. Uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending those belts. Chris, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Uh Sometimes in life, you're making a recipe and you have all the right ingredients, mm-hmm. and it should all work together. But uh, if you leave that recipe in the oven a little too long, it just goes to shit. 
I very much like your analogy. I would like to reply with another. Yes. Uh, in the wor- words of the immortal Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Uh, they stopped asking themselves if they could and should have asked themselves if they should. Yes. Uh, go 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Is the, the I don't know that a 30-minute match and, hell, uh, you know, to point to another company that I've criticized for the same thing. I don't know, uh, even with New Japan, I don't know that a 30-minute match works in covid wrestling yeah uh without the and really you know if this same match happened in a sold out uh chicago sears center yeah we'd probably be telling a different story right 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 people would have been losing their mind and there was there was a lot of good things in this match kenny omega's performance in this match was stellar yes The, the 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 drama and the intensity that he brought to it, um, you know, not only between the selling of his leg from all the work that FTR did on it, but also mm-hmm. like, especially toward the end, everything he was doing just to try to save Hangman Page from the pin, including mm-hmm. at one point, literally like trying to pull on his tights to like get yeah, him out of the way and, after he V triggered him by accident. Yes, I, I I thought some of that storytelling was excellent, but. This should have been one of those matches that I I hop on here and I'm like, I love professional wrestling. Everything is amazing. And so I'm like, eh, it was fine. It was good. It, it, it was technically sound. They told yeah. the story, but it was exhausting. Yeah. And that takes away from the overall feel of it. And, and it also strikes me that as good as FTR are as a team and as good as we've seen them pair with other duos that are outside of their realm – this isn't their type of match. Maybe they were too close stylistically. Um, whereas, you know, I think the FTR style, classic style, works yeah. best against the flippy guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. It, it, it didn't really work as well as, as it could have or should have, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, you know, credit where credit is due. FTR is one of the best teams in the company. Deserve yeah. the belts. I think they're going to have a fun reign. I know that we are going to, if not possibly as early as full gear in November, we're finally going to get the, the Bucks FTR match sooner rather than later, I'm, uh, especially now that they have the belts. Um, them and Tully is a great pairing. Um, mm-hmm. It was time for Omega and Hangman to, to go their separate ways. Hangman mm-hmm. got those main event long boys now. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, let's let's strap that rocket to them. But, um, yeah, just something something wasn't wasn't right for this one for me you, you can point and say it maybe it went too long or crowd wasn't mic'd right because you know they're in, a, uh, in this outdoor arena where sound travels up and everybody's far away and uh, sweating their tits off exactly yeah you're 90 degree humidity you can you can set all of these uh explanations as to why but at the end of the day this was not what i had hoped for it to be and maybe that's why, as you texted me after the match, why does Cash look so pissed off? Yeah, you know, I, I feel, I, you know, at the time I felt like it was a lack of pop when they won, um, but the crowd was tired and hot and had dealt with a concussion with uh, Matt Hardy earlier in the night, which totally, you know, sucked the wind out of them. They really weren't hot for this match at all, and throughout the course of the night, there were times that the crowd got hot, as limited as the crowd was, and it just it didn't the match didn't resonate and you know that's fine um it was still you know it was a good match 
Right. Um, like I said, it was far from the worst thing on the show. It told the stories that it needed to. Like you said, the split between Omega and Paige, and then they followed Paige after or mm-hmm. uh, followed Omega after the match. Right. Where it he left the young bucks behind and it, it, it appears that um, he said he was going to make a clean break, quote unquote yes. clean. So, and then with the tease at the end of uh, BTE this week, we may be getting the return of the cleaner uh, era, Kenny Omega, which I think is um, it's about time for that. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm for it. Uh, have him go on a run with the singles uh, division, have some great matches with a lot of those guys. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. Page. You know, not sure where Paige goes from here. I don't yeah. know if he, the storyline is he, you know, devolves into drinking more. I hope not. I don't need a demon in the bottle story from Hangman Page right, right now right, as right. an anxious millennial cowboy. But, um, you know, it, it, it accomplished what it needed to, but it wasn't uh, wasn't didn't live up to our expectations. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, a lot of positives, but yeah, not not quite what we wanted it to be. Um, and I will say, uh, just, just because this guy, uh, doesn't seem to never think about, uh, the implications of, of what he does and doesn't do on social media. K Omega still has his, his pinned tweet on, uh, Twitter, uh, his post-match tweet about full gear that one day he will get his revenge. So, um, okay. All right, might all be right. a, might be a direction for this, uh, this cleaner Kenny, uh, then we had the Mimosa Mayhem match, Orange Cassidy oh, versus Chris Jericho. Um, <laughs> interesting setup. They had basically what appeared to be two extensions of the ring, Matt and all, mm-hmm. with uh, built-in pools of the Mimosa. Each had a uh, table next to it uh, with uh, uh, champagne buckets. And... It was kind of weird for what is just a really kind of silly and goofy step. They played it, and and I I recognize you know uh, it was even stated in the Observer that Jericho was looking to like the Onita Japanese death matches as like the the template for this. It's how they worked okay. it. Like this idea yeah. of you know let's tease the spot, let's tease dipping in and, and all these different things. It was a really kind of violent brawl. To build to a comedy spot finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a really good way uh, of explaining it. The match was fine. I think it was uh, sufficiently goofy, sufficiently yeah. violent. Yeah. Um, the right guy won. Yeah. Uh, you know, credit uh, to Chris Jericho for, you know, being the guy who's giving back and helping build the next generation uh, of talent at the time. You know, as he's stated on the record many times, he didn't get a lot of these these AEW guys at first. But after yeah. seeing them work and, and everything, I think he's got found an appreciation for it. He's always been one of the more forward thinking wrestlers over the course of the years who's not stuck in the era he made his main prominence in. Right. Um, very adaptive. I, I do give him credit for that. Uh, you know, it, it, it was goofy as hell. It's a goofy step. Um, but you know, I think overall it worked. I, I was just, I was just tired at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a hard time giving a ton of a fuck about it. To yeah, be I, I came in a little bit fresher because I, I had, yeah. I had, you know, not been exclusively watching wrestling for the past three hours and change by right. that point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was really fun. Uh, the one thing, the one gripe I had in the match was uh, OC did the uh, Shibata running PK. And they, they, the, the way they shot it, you could see Jericho totally 
ducked early and uh right. yeah, not not great but uh oc was like all business in this one which yeah uh, I, oh, I, the, the 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 start where he went charging at jericho and jericho yeah. just hit him with a co-breaker yeah off the blue i was like oh that's that's fucking good yeah I like that and those uh as they're now now called orange punches uh looked real snug <laughs> which is uh, the most obvious name ever but it's so perfect i love it yes <laughs> and then we had our main event of the evening for the AEW world championship mjf as supported by wardlow against john moxley um mjf came out first to a bunch of booze wearing uh again what could looks like one of the most comfortable robes in professional wrestling yeah, uh and then john moxley came out while coming out uh a fan tried to uh run up and grab him and you could see security take him out real quick the thing that i i gotta give mox credit for you, you saw mox just look over and be like is he cool? Is everything all right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we good? We good? We good? So right, do I need a stomp of fucking mud hole in this guy's skull right now? I, I think it was a kid. Uh, they, uh, uh, you can only barely see them. But I think it was just a really excited kid, and uh, it didn't look like kid size. He was he he had it looked like somebody in his twenties. Uh, whatever it was, uh, credit for Mox. Just be like, we good? We good? Cool. All right. Yeah. Don't beat his ass. He's okay. It's all good. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Just kick him out. Yeah, because like in you know pre-COVID era. Like, that's what you would do, yeah. you know? That's why you're coming through the fans, to have those moments, you know? Right. But, um, yeah, obviously you can't well, do that Well, considering now. that later in the match he was going to get blood spat into his face, I don't think COVID was a major... Yes. <laughs> Although I know, you know, MJF had been tested recently. Oh, for absolutely. Still. Absolutely. Still, that's... Uh... Um, but, yeah, uh, you, you long-time listeners of the show know, Chris, you know, uh, there's few things I enjoy more uh, than a match that exceeds my expectations yeah and that's what this was for me there's few things i enjoy less than justin roberts well that's that's true that that's very true and sorry Fuck bud you had to deal with a lot of justin roberts on this one God, um but uh, uh this was just a really well put together brawl um mjf uh you know went full crimson mask in this one credit to him uh yeah there were some gross spots like mjf spitting his own blood in the face of john moxley and and, and what have you moxley biting the blade job to yes. get more blood out yeah um but i i thought it was just a really well worked match mjf looked like a star and a half uh yep. this match really put him over huge and I wasn't super in love with the finish. Uh, basically, what happened was um, Wardlow went to distract the referee. He went. Uh, uh, Bryce Remsburg was the ref. Bryce goes to look at Wardlow while that's happening. Wardlow tosses the or goes to toss the ring to MJF. MJF misses the ring, and while Wardlow is losing his mind and still on the um, apron, Bryce is still looking at him. So Mox takes that moment to hit the band paradigm shift. Yeah. And that's your one, two, three. I would have preferred that to have been a near fall, but I get the idea. MJF was going to try to cheat the win. Instead, his opponent cheats on him. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's a it's a work smarter, not harder sort of situation. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, the move was banned. And I guess textbook definition, it was cheating. But, you know, turnabout's fair play, as they always say, is yeah. another cliche. Down by the bay, go eat some hay. Yeah. Um, I'm so, Marty Day. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't uh, 
I didn't I didn't hate it. I know some people were were bitching about it. Uh, didn't really bother me as much. I thought it was a a fun and entertaining way to finish the match. And at that point, I was just looking for the match to end. Not right. not not as a, um, condemnation on the match itself, but I was just over the pay per view at that time. Plus, I was watching it alone, which is never as fun as like if I was with a group of people. If the Lyco lads were all together, it, yes. I would have had a different feel for it. But um, you yeah. know, uh, overall, um, I would say that this was not a $50 pay-per-view in terms of its value to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why, uh, Hey, uh, credit, uh, credit to wherever I first read this, get yourself a VPN, hop on, tell fight. You're in the UK, spend the $20. Yeah. And then you can stream that shit without a VPN. You can just, yeah. you just bring up fight and watch it then. Cause you, you, you paid your 20. Um, but I, this was not the home run that Double or Nothing was. Certainly not mm. what Revolution was. It was a fine show. There are some matches that are worth checking out. Uh, I recommend, you know, if you didn't see the show, uh, you know, you got Bucks and in, in, uh, Jungle or Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Uh, Lucha Express, as JR called them. Yeah. Well, hey, I keep calling them Jungle Express, so I, I've never been to oh. talk. Um, you, you got the uh, Hikaru Shida Thunder Rosa match. Yeah. Uh, you have, you do still have the FTR Hangman Page Kenny Omega match, even though maybe not as good as we'd hoped. Still pretty good, and that main event surpassed my expectations. So you know that's four good matches on a show, which, uh, at least by the traditional standard of what we hold of a good wrestling show, pretty yeah. damn solid. Just not the home run, and and it, and certainly the uh, the the parlor of. Uh, the Matt Hardy injury uh, cast shadow on the, on the rest of the show. Yeah. And in the pantheon of, of AEW pay-per-views, it's towards the bottom, yeah. um, but the bar set really high for those. So, right. you know, you, you have to keep that scale in mind. Um, but I'm curious to see where it, uh, things develop on, uh, on Wednesday with the post uh, all out dynamites. I'm yeah. curious to see where some of these angles go, who gets, you know, where these people go, who they start fighting with and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not going to, certainly stop watching AEW from one bad show. I'm not right. bad, but one less than stellar show. So, you know, that's uh that's kind of where we are now. Bef- since we've been talking forever, there is one more thing I wanted to uh, address before we leave. Yo, what's up? Um, you said earlier that last night you were, uh, you were hosting a, uh, something on Twitch. Uh, I, I, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. A, was a super art fight thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I do have to tell you that as an employee of the Rough House podcast, um, any monies owed to you through that uh, Twitch stream super art fight, I'm going to have to get a cut of. All right, fantastic. Well, my cut is like $5, so you can go ahead and have I will expect a Venmo of two fifty within the next <laughs> five minutes, please, and thank you. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay.
Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. The WWE Network is making an effort to have programming for all walks of life. From your pure pro wrestling action to fantastic reality-based programs, the WWE is excited for its network. And why not introduce a new sitcom? Using the best of CGI and holographic technology, the WWE presents That's So Macho! On the next episode of That's So Macho... Dad, kids at school are teasing me, and I don't know how to get them to like me. Remember that one time WCW made me use Sid Vicious as a bodyguard, but he never did anything. Ooh, it sucked. Hey, hey, macho, you want to help me uh, stock these shelves? You're going to sit around being, you know, macho all day long. I had a rap album one time. No one liked it. Not even the people that helped me make it. Yeah, please buy one. It goes to my estate. I've seen a lot of macho men in my time, macho, but you're probably one of the most savage. <laughs> See you at the bake sale this weekend. I had a girlfriend that was 38 years younger than I was, and I gave her the business. Ooh, yeah. I made her call me Bobby the Brain, and then licked my brain. It's the nickname for my balls. Mm. Smell like Slim Jims. That's so macho on the new WWE Network. Watch my show, or I'll fucking haunt you. No one wants to wake up in the middle of the night and hear boo, ooh, ooh, yeah, macho activity.